1: And uh, right over there, um, in the uh, on the other side of the booth, the internet <laughs> booth, it's Mike Gapler. He's known as the Cap. And Going in and
0: this race. corner, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> round one is about to start. Here, we're gonna knock out this whole uh, legalism thing. We're just gonna Wouldn't knock it, in nice? one program here. We're gonna wipe out legalism.
0: We're gonna change the world.
1: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take on this thing and. There's never going to be a problem again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you one thing. In, in 15 minutes, the Apostle Paul is going to be jealous. That's, that's for right. sure. Yeah,
1: Right on, right on. Yeah, no, we know, we know, we know. We're just one cog in the wheel. <laughs> but uh, we think that this stuff is important. It's important enough that we spend 15 minutes a week doing this because we know that there is a lot of bondage out there in the church. We know that there's a lot of junk out there. And uh, we don't want to just rag on the church. We don't want to just put the church down for there being legalism there and for people being legalists. Uh, But we want to uh, hopefully provide help and provide a solution to the problem. And that is, that solution, of course, is the gospel, the gospel of God's grace and peace. And so uh, that's what uh, we're here to talk about, as we do every week here on Growing in Grace.
0: You know, a lot of what is out there in religious circles, institutional church or otherwise, much of it sounds like the gospel but quite often it's it's very far from it keep in mind as we say for you new listeners out there thanks for joining us by the way growing in dot org you'll find our past programs archived there with the newest ones first share it with somebody for those uh, new to the program keep in mind when we say gospel i want you to think of good news because that's really what what gospel means so a lot of times, I mean, how many of us have been to church or heard a sermon or a message on TV even, or the radio, and it didn't really sound that much like good news. I mean, it just didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you walked out of there perhaps feeling worse than when you walked in, then it probably wasn't the gospel. If the focus was more on you and what you, know, you should be doing, or what you shouldn't be doing, then the message probably wasn't really the gospel, certainly not from the, the foundation of what it's all about. And You know, Joel, I turned on a radio program the other day. I was scanning the dial, and I don't know how I stumbled onto this uh, religious radio station on the AM dial, but I, I did somehow. I hit the button, and there it was and there was a couple of guys on there doing an entire program not just 15 minutes like you and I do it's more like 30 or 60 I'm not sure which I didn't listen that long but they spent nearly the entire time talking about the sabbath and why we yeah, why we should keep the sabbath and of course the sabbath for them was sunday when in reality it was saturday under that old covenant and they went on about this and they were just appalled that surveys would indicate that only about 5% of Christians kept the Sabbath. And they just thought this was ridiculous that only 5% of the people were keeping the Sabbath. Of course, the Sabbath is nearly impossible for anybody to keep, more so perhaps under the New Covenant, but they couldn't keep it under the Old either. I know there were those who were thinking they were keeping it, but even Jesus went to those people, the Pharisees and others, and said, you know, you think you're keeping the Sabbath, the Scriptures say this, but then you go and allow that and and Jesus would call them on it so yeah the Sabbath it's a top 10 commandment right but of course we've been delivered from the law all of it all 600 and some laws we've been delivered from it it's been abolished God abandoned it at the cross and replaced it with something new and better now this is where we get into the good news what's new and better under this new covenant Real simply, God exchanged our sinful nature for one of righteousness. We were under Adam. We inherited uh, from him through the deception of, of the devil. We, we fell into sin under Adam, and, and we all inherited that. The good news under the belief of Christ is that now we, we all have uh, become righteous through belief in, in his name. We, we have taken on the very nature of God. So something that's important for people to understand, Joel, Maybe uh, this is ABC material here, but very few people have heard about it as they've attended church all their life, and that is that you have been declared completely forgiven and righteous and holy. You are without spot or wrinkle or blemish. You have been completely accepted by God, and his love for you is without condition. It's not based upon what you do for him or how you react toward him. And, and these are the kinds of things I think that people need to hear more of.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And right along with that, you know, we've become a partaker of the divine nature. It's what the Bible says of uh, those who are in Christ. And I just want to say it's, it's not a small thing to say that we've become a partaker of the divine nature. You know, like you were saying, Cap, we had the Adam nature, the nature of Adam. It was a sin nature. It was a nature that was corruptible. But what God did for us in Christ was that we died with Christ, and then we rose again with Christ. And so the person that we were in Adam died, and it's gone forever. We no longer have the sinful nature of Adam, but we have this divine nature. We've become new creations. So there's not this dueling natures thing going on. We don't have a, a sinful nature and a righteous nature, and they're duking it out like some people think. And I think... That can be helpful for people to understand, yeah, we do sin. Why do we sin? It's not because we have these two natures going at each other, but we do still have this thing called the flesh, and the flesh is not our nature. The flesh is not who we are, but we can sometimes allow ourselves to be controlled by the flesh. But what we really want to do in Christ, of course, is be uh, controlled by the, the new nature that we have. But the point that we want to make here is that our identity, our brand new identity in Christ, is no longer a sinful, corruptible, blemished nature. But as you were saying, Cap, it's spotless. God has done this. We couldn't do this. We can't maintain this thing by ourselves. It's, it's not something that we need to try to work on in order to maintain because we can't do it we couldn't make ourselves this way god did it himself through the blood of jesus and through uh, jesus rising again and then uh, joining us together with christ again it's god's work not our work and that is really good news because if it were up to us that would be bad news, because none of us could do it. it you were talking about the Sabbath. Uh, no one could keep the Sabbath, and then along with that, you got the other nine of the Ten Commandments. Nobody could keep those. And that was the point of the law, to show us that nobody could actually come anywhere close to uh, the perfection that the law demanded. If you want to try to live up to the law, try it and you'll eventually see that you can't make it. And so that's bad news, but the good news is that God has done what the law couldn't do, and that's make us new.
0: Yeah, you know, there might be somebody out there listening right now who says, well, what, what you said there, Joel, I, I think I am one of those people who have uh, struggled with the flesh. I, I just I don't do what I want to do. I, I don't do what I know is right. It gets me down. I, I feel guilty about it. Uh, I wrestle with it. I, I want to do more. I, I want to love God. And they and go through all these, you know, this turmoil. And, and it is true, as you said, Joel, sin does take place sometimes in our lives. The good news is that Jesus Christ, his finished sacrifice, the blood that he shed, took away sin once and for all. That doesn't mean that it's non-existent in what we do from time to time. But what it does mean is that God has removed this from us ever having to worry about sin coming between us and him ever again. He he removed that barrier. That's good news, you see, because we may struggle with the flesh from time to time. But this is why it's so important to understand that regardless of, of what we do or what we've done or what we don't do or what we haven't done, regardless of any of that, we are his righteousness. It's not that you're righteous by anything that you have done or anything that I have done. It's something we've inherited. It's, it's, it's a gift, but it is reality that we have become like him. Here's the thing. If, if you're being told constantly that you're just a sinner, you're a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> and I know that sounds right. It sounds, it just sounds good you know I am a sinner but I'm saved by grace you're not a sinner that's not how you're identified anymore under the new covenant you are a saint you're a righteous person you're holy you're forgiven you're blameless uh, All of these things are now a part of your new identity so if you're being told you're just a sinner saved by grace and you believe that then guess what you're gonna end up doing more of well I'm just a sinner I can't help it I'm just a sinner but when you begin to understand who you really are in Christ and you can rest in that because Christ has become our Sabbath. You can rest in him and have confidence in knowing who you are in him. Guess what begins to take place over time as you begin to uh, walk in this and understand this this love that he has for you. All of a sudden, things begin to change on, on how you look at things.
1: Yeah, it really does. And I think one of the problems, and again, not to bash the church, but just to point out something that goes on in the church is that the weekly focus of the church is performance the church is often almost every week in some churches focused on performance we need to perform for God either to maintain our righteousness or uh, to become a better Christian or we need to focus on you gotta quit sending I gotta quit sending you gotta quit sitting and you gotta start doing right start doing right start doing right Sure, there's a lot of things that we do want to stop doing that just aren't good for us or for other people. But when the focus becomes performance, our performance for God, and we don't get a focus on the truth of our identity in Christ that we've just been talking about here today, then it is hard to remember the truth. Of who we are in christ of what god has done for us already that it's not about our performance it's not about what we do to try to make ourselves spotless or blameless even if it's just simply a matter of a preacher teaching um you know five different principles for becoming a better husband or becoming a better this or that and even if it's innocent enough like that A person can lose their focus on their identity, and these things can become a law to a person. And that kills growth. That kills the good news when we make things into a law, because we think that we we need to keep doing these things in order to please God, when really, he's done everything that is needed for uh, for us to be pleasing to him.
0: So what's going to be better for you to uh, walk in the grace of God's love, free from guilt and condemnation, or are you, want to, are you wanting to go back to the traditional mindset that religion would offer to you that says you've got to try harder and uh, you'll feel better about yourself when you do? Uh, the problem with that, Joel, is that eventually people realize that they aren't living up to even their own expectations, let alone the expectations they might think that God has of them, and they kind of wind up back in that same old ditch again.
1: Yeah, and that whole thing of expectations, is that's a killer, too. I mean, we weren't created by God to try to live up to a set of expectations from him. You know, he put Adam and Eve in the garden you know, to live freely, and they are the ones that chose the performance tree, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's when things started to go astray. And, of course, one of the things in which they went astray was with the thinking that they were supposed to offer their own lives to God. What about that thought? Are we supposed to give our lives to God? Does God want us to give our lives to Him? We know that might sound like a no brainer to some people listening, but we might have some thoughts that might uh, surprise some people as well. So we'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.